Welcome to the Business Case for Women's Sports, where we explore every corner of the women's sports industry, from the field to the front office. I'm Caroline Fitzgerald, and I'm here to prove that it's good business to be in the business of women's sports. So let's get after it. Our guest today is Layla Brock, the Vice President of Business Development at JMI Sports, which is a media rights and venue development company that provides management of collegiate multimedia rights, sponsorship agency representation, and project management for the development of collegiate and professional sports facilities. Welcome to the show, Layla. Thank you so much. It is such a pleasure to have you here. And I would like to start by saying congratulations on your new role with JMI. Um, That's such a huge deal. Thank you so much. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be a fun journey. There's no doubt about that. And I am so excited today because it's not often that I get to chat with both a former Penn Stater and a current resident of the city of Pittsburgh. Yes, yes, exactly. You know, I've been working on the Pitt property for a really long time, so I had to hide the fact that I'm a Penn Stater. So it's good to finally freely and openly be able to say we are Penn State. (laughs) (laughs) We certainly are. So I'd love to start today by hearing more about your journey through the sports industry. I'd love to start um, with your time at Penn State as a standout athlete and go all the way up to where you are today in your current role with JMI Sports. Sure. Absolutely. I'd love to share that story. You know, I, you know, I'm still very fortunate to be able to be where I am right now just because of all the things that I've been able to experience in the past. Um, when I was in school, um, as you mentioned, I ran track. I uh, was a captain of the track team for a couple of years and just absolutely loved my experience there. Um, and, you know, like most athletes, I felt like what I was going to do was going to be a professional athlete. I, you know, I really believed in my heart and soul and in my body that I was going to be an, an Olympian and that didn't happen. Um, and that had to be okay. But what I did have to do is figure out what did that mean for the rest of my life? You know, cause I hadn't thought beyond that. Um, you know, I majored in communications, mass media research. Um, and so I was very lucky also to be able to um, stay at Penn State and go to grad school after my my fifth year, you know, I still had a year of eligibility and just decided to stay there because I just loved it. I had the opportunity to run another year. So basically, I, you know, I was able to um, obtain my master's degree in education, higher education leadership. Um, you know, and the reason I wanted to go into that is that I knew that I wanted to work in sports in some way, shape or form and specifically in collegiate sports, collegiate intercollegiate athletics. Um, I was very fortunate to have some great mentors at Penn State where they kind of showed me that it was beyond just coaching and and beyond just being an athlete. And so um, I started out, believe it or not, in the uh, media relations department at Penn State. And so I had an internship there and, you know, liked it, didn't love it. Um, and then went on to be an academic advisor, um, you know, a, a mentor in the um, Morgan Academic Support Center for Student Athletes and knew that it was really a special opportunity to work with student athletes. And that's where I, you know, kind of just honed my skills a little bit, you know, learned a little bit more about the business and um, and finished my master's degree. After, after grad school, I went to work at the National Consortium for Academics and Sports. Um, I lived in Boston for a couple of years. And in that program, basically what my job was to do was to deliver leadership programs for student athletes and for athletic administrators. And absolutely loved that as well. Um, but, you know, kind of wanted to be more involved directly with student athletes, directly with athletic departments. And so I went back to my roots with academic advising for um, student athletes at Florida Atlantic University. 
Um, and so had a great experience there as well. But, um, you know, again, still doing that soul searching and kind of figuring out what is it that you really, really want to do in college sports? Like, what is it that is going to make you happy and what's going to make you just want to get up every single day and just absolutely crush it at work? Um, and interestingly enough, Penn State played in the Orange Bowl in 2007. And I had the opportunity to go to that Orange Bowl game and see the big events and all the things that were happening. Um, at that time, also, Penn State practiced, their, the football team practiced at Florida Atlantic. So I was reconnected with the folks from Penn State through Florida Atlantic to get to the Orange Bowl. It was just a wild coincidence, right? You just never know how those things are going to happen. So about um, two or three months after Penn State played in the Orange Bowl, um, a, a position became available at the Orange Bowl as a team operations coordinator. Um, and so I reconnected, like I said, with a few of the folks in the administration, had them make a couple of calls down to the Orange Bowl just to get me the interview. I said, all I need is a shot at the interview. Got the interview, got the job. So I started there as a team operations coordinator. Um, I oversaw the student athlete experience. And then um, I left there as the director of events and team operations, which meant that I oversaw all the public events and all of the student athlete experience. And it was just phenomenal. Um, and then uh, when the college football playoff was formed, um, the former COO, uh, Michael Kelly, who's now the athletic director at University of South Florida, he called and said, hey, you know, we've never actually really had a conversation before, but we've run in the same circles. I've seen you at the Orange Bowl managing events. I've heard about your reputation for valuing the student athletes and, and the way that you want them to have a great experience. Would you like to come on board with us and, you know, be one of the first staff members for the college football playoffs? Um, and so, of course, I said yes. <laughs> Being a college football fan, football fan in general, I said absolutely. There's that was a once in a lifetime opportunity to just be able to be a part of that organization from the very beginning. You know, I always tell people I was there before we even had pictures on the walls and blueprints for uh, for games and for events. You know, so we built all of that and we built a brand and it was phenomenal. And there were seven seven of us who did that and it was spectacular. Um, and so I was there for about six or seven years. Um, I left there as the senior director of operations and logistics. Um, I think the coolest part of that job was being able to work with the selection committee. Um, and so every week I got to work with them and hear the conversations about what they valued in a, a team and, and in their schedule and how to select them to, to be ranked to play in the college football playoff and in the national championship. And so it was really cool. Um, but again, you know, I, I wanted to challenge myself again. And so, um, you know, I had talked to a few friends about what it would mean to work on the revenue side of sports, what it would mean to just see a little bit more than just the operations side. Um, I'd seen the campus side, I'd seen the operations side at big events. And now I was like, you know what, I need to really kind of round out what this looks like. And so that's when I got into the revenue side with JMI Sports. They called and said, hey, listen, you know, we're taking over the multimedia rights for Pitt Athletics. Um, we know that you have strong ties in Pittsburgh. You know college sports inside and out. Would you be willing to, you know, come and work with us and, and you know, um, help us basically just manage the property and manage all of our sponsorships? And I said, absolutely. It was a t an opportunity to come home. Um, you know, I, I often tell people that my whole family went to Pitt. My mom, my dad, my brother, sister-in-law, my favorite aunt, they all went to Pitt. And then when I went to Penn State, they felt like I had, like, betrayed them. And so now when I came back and worked for Pitt, I was finally invited back to fam the family reunion. So it was, it was all good. <laughs> so that's where I, you know, that's where I ended up, you know, working on the pit property. And then most recently was um, appointed to the role of um, vice president of business development 
Um, I'm so excited about it. It was a whole restructuring for our whole organization. And to be a part of the leadership team now on a corporate level is just so exciting. And I can't wait to get started. Wow. What an incredible journey that is. You know, hearing your story really brings to mind how there isn't a very clear-cut path for women who want to have professional careers in the sports industry. And I think it's really admirable that you blazed this trail and, and figured out how you could create this amazing career in the sports industry and and really blaze that trail so that it's not as challenging for the women that come after you to assume positions of leadership in sports. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that. And I, I attribute of that a lot to the fact that I was an athlete and I knew that, you know, having to work around things, whether it was injuries, whether it was, you know, wins and losses and things like that, you have to learn how to just to, to do things in an unconventional way sometimes, right? And you have to learn how to just deal with adversity. And so that, you know, just being an athlete and really it's my competitive nature. I, Carolyn, I like to win, right? And so anytime there's an opportunity for me to be challenged and to, to attack that challenge and win that challenge, I'm going to do it. And so that's, you know, that, that comes from my winning spirit of being a student athlete. I didn't always win, but I, you know, I like to always try it. So it was, you know, it's, it's been an amazing journey and I'm, I'm just excited for the things that are, are left to come. You know, I don't think that this is the end of my career by any means, means this is a, a brand new beginning. So I'm just excited to see what happens, what happens next as well. Um, and just not to be long-winded, but you brought up something that is so, so important too, is that, you know, when I, as I was coming up through the ranks in my career, it, it, it was rare to see women, you know, kind of take on challenges that they didn't necessarily feel like they could handle. I think that was one of the things that, you know, was instilled in me when I was running track was do things that you don't feel like you can do. And either way, pass or fail or, you know, succeed or fail or whatever it is, at least you're going to be a little bit better than when you, when you started, you're going to learn something at least. And so that's why I always, I was never really afraid to, to take on new challenges or new roles that I just, you know, had to learn a little bit more about. Absolutely. And there's all this data that proves that athletes make great leaders, especially when it comes to women. It's 94% of C-suite level executives in the United States played sports at some point in their lives. I think the stat is like 70% of them played it at least at the college level. So, I mean, Layla, you're a living and breathing example of the connection between female empowerment and leadership in sports. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. So I want to talk more now about your current role and what you're doing, because it's a really big job. And now you're on the <laughs> revenue side. And I think as somebody who's also on that side of this industry, you have to have that mentality of wanting to win and being competitive and driven in order to be successful in these roles. So I'd love to hear more about what the big goals are for your team. What are you looking to accomplish while you're in this role? Yeah, that's a really good question and that we're all still trying to figure out as well. We just, we recognized as a company that there was a need for it. There was a need for someone to be focused on property acquisition, um, relationship management, um, venue management, all those things that help to drive revenue for our company and for our partners. 
And so that's what I'm going to be focused on is that are there schools out there, are there universities out there that could use the, the support and help of JMI Sports? And what it means to be helped and supported by JMI Sports is that we're not only just bringing on sponsors, but we're, help, we're, we're a partner in whatever solution it is that you need to find. So, you know, figuring out this NIL landscape, you know, we're studying what that looks like and how we can help schools and help student athletes to navigate through it as well and help brands navigate through it and, and connect those those two things in a very meaningful way in the ways that we're able to and, and legally allowed to. Um, you know, and for, for my role, really, my goal is to just create a strategic vision for the entire organization that helps us to drive revenue and really do it in a way that is going to impact every student athlete, not just the football teams and the basketball teams, but I mean, a podcast like this, you know, you talk about it all the time is, is women's sports as well. It, it, you know, we want to impact, you know, we want to have an impact that is, is felt by everybody, um, you know. And so for us, you know, the main focus, again, is always to drive revenue. But it's not always just to, to you know, get to a, a specific number. It's to, to be able to do it in a way that creates positive change, creates an opportunity for everyone. And, and you know, just in at the end of the day, we want to have fun doing it, too. Absolutely. And yeah, something that we believe very firmly here at Goals is that forming the right brand partnerships and using, you use the word partnerships as well. That's the vernacular we use here. It's more than a sponsor just throwing money at a property. It's a true partnership um, formed between a property and a brand. But we really believe that values line brand partnerships are the key to advancing the women's sports industry. So would love to hear you talk more about that, how you view partnerships as an avenue for overall strategic growth. Yeah, and it's another really good question. And so, you know, the way that I view it um, is that, again, we're in it with a partner. We're in it with with them to make sure that they're achieving their goals. And we only want to be associated with partners who align with our vision and the vision of our partners, whether it's the universities or other venues or events or or anything along those lines. And so, you know, when you find somebody who can sit down with you when they're doing the when we're doing our fact fact finding and you know doing our just our discovery calls and say, hey, what is what is it that your company believes in? When we find those companies that say they believe in diversity and inclusion, they believe in women's empowerment, they believe in you know, the environment, sustainability, things like that. Those are the kind of companies that we want to work with because we understand that they have part instilled within their, their the culture of their, their company. And so we want to make sure that we, we partner those folks with the people that we're working with as well. I mean, in sports, we have such a loud microphone, right? So why don't, why not use it? You know, there's, it, you know, it's the old adage is that people are coming to, to see a game because, you know, it's, it's such a big experience. Why not put something in there that's going to help people as well? Why not have a partnership in there that's going to help, you know, the community? You know, one of the things I'm really proud of with Pitt um, that we did was that we've, we had so many um, partnerships that allowed us to provide, you know, uh, whether it was funding for food banks or, or, or funding for, you know, folks who just who didn't have means, things like that. You know, we were able to do that because of the voice that we have in college sports. Um, and I want to just be able to do that more with women's sports as well. You know, there's there we're living in a time where people are finally paying attention. And so we have to take advantage of that now. We have to be able to say to people, you know, it's not just women's sports, we're sports in general. So what I want people to understand is that, you know, when you market and you and, and you sponsor women's sports, what you're really doing is showing the world that you believe that 
that women's sports, that's, that's important. And that you're showing little girls that that's important as well. And that's, I mean, that's just, it's, it's a phenomenal impact that it can have. So it's just so important to be able to put that message out there and, and, you know, and just work with companies that are willing to do that and use their voice to do so. I completely agree. Our tagline for this podcast is that it's good business to be in the business of women's sports. And that's because it's good from a business standpoint. There's a lot of you know, economic value here, but it's also the right thing to do to, to promote greater gender equity. While we're on the topic of women's sports, as we often are here on the podcast, I mean, we really do believe very strongly here that women's sports are the most exciting growth opportunity in, in the entire sports industry. So would love to hear your thoughts on that, both as now an executive that's forming brand partnerships, doing so much business development in this space, but also as a, a former athlete. Yeah, I'll start with the with the athlete part first, right? Is that, you know, it it's just so exciting to see that we're able to have forums like this and that people are actually paying attention to it. So it it just it's just so cool to me to be able to go from being an athlete to an executive now. And seeing that translate, you know, and seeing that those skills that I had before translate. And, you know, when I was when I was running, you know, we often felt like we didn't have a voice. We often felt like, you know, nobody was really paying attention. But now, you know, I think the young women who are running or or playing or, you know, are their student athletes now, they can they can see themselves in in the executives and in in the advertisements that, you know, we probably didn't see back then. So it's just absolutely amazing. But when it comes to growth opportunities for women's sports, like, you know, from a revenue standpoint, it just, again, it just makes sense. When you sponsor women's sports, you you reach a demographic that is going to spend money and that's what sponsors want. They want the people who are there they're working with or that they're advertising to, to spend money on their product. So, so why, why neglect a whole demographic of people just because, you know, it's because of their gender. So I think it makes sense for companies to work with, with women's sports. Um, from a, from a, a workforce perspective, from a, from a diversity and thought perspective, it just makes so much sense to have women sitting at the table um, you know, and I think it makes sense for, for women to have a voice at the table in in every way, shape or form too. I think that, what we have found as women executives in sports is that it's not enough just to be the only woman at the table. You know, it's not enough just to be, you know, to be that martyr and say, well, I'm the only woman. So I, you know, I, I can do, no, you have to make sure that five other people are coming up behind you and they also have a seat at the table and that they have a voice and that you make sure that everyone in that room understands that they're there because they are qualified, because they are ready and because they have a perspective that is valued and that can be used to do either generate revenue, you know, make the operation go better, whatever it is that their role is. But that's that's our, our role as women in sports, for sure. I love that. So, Layla, my next question for you, what do you think is the biggest opportunity for women in sports or women's sports in general? I think the biggest opportunity is just that. It's opportunity. You know, it's it's opportunities for women to be um, seen, heard and, and valued, you know, and I think anytime that you have, you know, women at the table, you have women playing sports, you're investing in women's sports, you're creating an opportunity for women to feel valued and you're creating opportunities for them to, to do things that maybe we haven't been able to do in the past. Um, you know, I think that, you know, as, as young women try to decide what they want to do and how they want to spend the rest of their lives working, it's just important for them to see women like yourself, like myself, like, you know, like Heather at, at, 
um, at Pitt, you know, sitting in the athletic director's chairs, that it's like, that's a big deal. That's important so that they understand that it's not just a man's world. It's it, your gender doesn't determine your success. Um, and so hopefully, you know, being able to, to show young women that that's, that's the biggest thing I think in, in women's sports. Yeah, I agree. Layla, I have two last questions for you before we wrap up our conversation. I would love to hear what is a piece of advice that you would offer uh, a young woman, say they're coming out of Penn State and they want to work <laughs> in the sports industry. Um, what's a piece of advice you would give them? Don't be afraid to go after a job or take on new responsibilities that you don't feel like you know anything about. Um, because at the end of the day, everyone has had to start somewhere, right? Um, and, you know, I'm, I think about that from my own perspective, having only worked in operations for 15 years and now working in sponsorships, it was a completely different realm for me. But I I, I could not let my, my fear get in the way of what could potentially be future success. And so, you know, I would tell somebody, you know, a young woman, just go after it. You know, don't don't think that you have to know how to do every single thing in the job description just to apply for it. You you have to be able to learn it and you have to be able to be successful at it. But, you know, don't be afraid to try to try to do new things, even if you feel like it's not your your strongest skill set. 100%. I think there's a stat that men apply for jobs when they are 60% prepared and women apply for jobs when they feel 100% prepared and qualified. So I completely agree. We just need to be willing to learn and dig in and work hard and not feel like we have to know things 100% before we get in there. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? I think the other thing is too, is that don't be afraid to ask for help when you do get into those situations. It's it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. If you can ask for help, ask for assistance and, you know, create your personal board of directors that, you know, you can go to and say, hey, listen, I, you know, I, I had, I need a little bit of help with this. I need, you know, your, your ear on this and that, you know, that's how people are able to be successful, get ahead and, and just really, you know, um, be able to hone their skill set in, in different ways. Absolutely. Layla, I have one final question for you. And it's the question that we always close with here on the business case for women's sports. Can you summarize in a few sentences why you think it's good business to invest in women's sports, but also women in sports? We're going to add that on here today. <laughs> I like that. I'll ask, I'll answer the second part first is that I think it's important to invest in women in sports because we bring a different perspective. We bring diversity in thought, diversity in experience, and we can make an organization better just just because of our our lived experience. Why it's important to invest in women's sports is just because what we talked about before, it's important for the next generation. It's important for little boys to understand too, that women in sports, girls in sports, that that's a thing, you know, that, and that's an important thing and that they should, they should support young women who, who want to be involved in sports too. But also for sponsors, it's important for them to invest in women's sports just because it's just the right thing to do. Um, you know, there's there's no question about that. There's no question that women have buy, buying power, that women have influence and that women can help drive brands into a different realm. And so why not invest in them and just, just to make their, their brands even better as well? I couldn't agree more. Layla, thank you so much for all you're doing um, on behalf of women in sports and women's sports. Um, it's it's an honor to know you and thank you so much for making the time to come on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. 
Thank you for listening to the Goals Podcast, the business case for women's sports. Leave us a review, check out the show notes, and be sure to follow Goals on Twitter and Instagram for the most up-to-date content on the women's sports industry. And remember, it's simply good business to be in the business of women's sports.